This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Thank you for listening to the FCS Podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe? What's up, little Napoleon? Oh, that was what you wanted yeah, to say? Yeah, I actually wanted to continue the Napoleon conversation here on the FCS Football Podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Opening up with a little fun, I guess, information that Joe DeLeon himself is presenting me with about the Napoleon Bonaparte. I, I'm not a history buff, but oh, I, I, saw, I, no, I, just, I saw somewhere <laughs> that it's a common misconception that Napoleon was... Like five foot five one, and in fact he was five seven, which is considered above average at the time. Yeah, but for a dictator, for a ruler of yeah. men, yeah, a leader of a million there's disciples. A, there's a ton of presidents that haven't been that tall. I mean, you get Abe Lincoln, who's could have been a starting power forward or not power forward, probably small forward. He's six four. Yeah, starting six four. Yeah, he was six four. I'm pretty like sure. Point guards. Yeah. Yeah, undersized small forward. Why were we talking about that? Why were we talking about Napoleon? I have no clue. Did I call you small? Yeah, it was okay. okay. It was a crude joke that you made about my height. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're about no. Well, you're only about five eight. So I, I guess you are five you have, eight. You have that notch up on Napoleon. Five eight. Well, no, are you, not, you. are you not? Are you not? I'm five eleven. Okay. Oh, so here's the admittance, folks. What do you mean? I've been working it for three years to get Joe to admit that he is not six feet tall and only five I foot eleven. I have never in he my has, life said I am six feet tall. He has tarnished me on other shows, claiming I'm only six foot three. I'm at he least has open about my height, saying <laughs> I'm only six foot four. I am six foot five, clean. You're six four and I, change. I am going to lose my mind. Just like I'm five ten and change, and I'm oh, open and ten and change. I'm five ten in like the smallest increment off from being five eleven. It's like seven eighths or something like that. Smallest increment off of being off your rocker over here, Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah, what am I not? Oh man, we were kind of off our rockers this morning after seeing the FCS committee top ten being released. 
I, well, I wouldn't say off your rocker. I can understand the top 10. Kinda. Kinda. You know, all right, so here's the top 10 that they released. Uh, are they doing these weekly, Joe, from here on out? I am pretty sure. Okay. Yes, they are. So we'll be the, these episodes will be coming out a little bit later on Thursdays just so we have time to react to them and put together an episode. Uh, we don't want to neglect them because they're very, very important. Right. It is probably the the most important seating aside from the top 25, but here's here's the top 10 coming at you here. Number one, North Dakota State. Number two, JMU. Number three, Weber State. Number four, South Dakota State. Number five, Sacramento State. Number six, Northern Iowa. Seven, Central Arkansas. Eight, Montana. Nine, Furman. And ten, the University of New Hampshire. And that ten spot is with the ten yeah. spot has caused a little bit of consternation with a Mr. Joe DeLeon. Yeah, I, I'm a little old man, and I went to bed at like nine o'clock <laughs> last night. And Sean yells up to me as I'm trying to fall asleep. The polls are up, or the, <laughs> or the rankings are up, and I'm just like, thanks, Sean. You're like, okay. I, so I didn't look because I'm waking up at five, and then as soon as I woke Jump up, jump out of your window. As soon as I woke up, <laughs> I see the rankings, and I'm reading through them, reading through them, half asleep. And I'm like, all right, these all make sense. And then I see you and H. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> Immediately alert and awake. I'm like, no, no, no. Five and three. Uh, that doesn't. That doesn't <laughs> sound right. So UNH is five and three. They lost to Delaware. They lost to FIU. And I'm blanking on the third loss, but it wasn't a good third loss. I get it that they're in contention to be the second team in the CAA. And I will continue to push for them to be a playoff team. But they are not top ten worthy. They are not worth that. There are I, other teams. I would argue Monmouth. I would say Monmouth. Even Monmouth though, earned, earned a spot there more than they did. So how come on the, the Monday show you had Kennesaw State in 10 and not Monmouth? Well, I would keep Kennesaw State, but the whole argument here is that uh, why would you include Kennesaw State and yeah. then not include Monmouth? No, I, I want to I have, have both in there. I have Monmouth over Kennesaw State personally just because mm. Monmouth beat Kennesaw State. I'm a very, I'm, I'm simple-minded when it comes to this, but I think that's how you it should be enacted. This, you can't get too cute with it. You need to say who beat who, meaning who's better than who. Any other additional circumstances, I think, are they, they could hinder the polls. Now, it is interesting to see Montana at eight, whereas at the rec- most recent coaches poll, they were sitting at five, and they had Sac State at six. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what these uh, what the committee is saying with Montana. Maybe they're seeing something that we aren't. I'm fine with Northern Iowa uh, at six, fine with Central Arkansas at seven, Furman at nine, I guess they've been sitting within that top 15 all year, and they said, all right, you know, yeah, you guys Furman, keep winning. I, I have no qualms with them where they're sitting. That was about where I had them. I would not be surprised if they ride their way up. They played Virginia Tech very close, which I think one of the key things that, that needs to be more attributed to ranking these top 10 teams is as much as the record's important, I also want to see how well they play against FBS teams. And not only the fact that they play Virginia Tech close, they played Virginia Tech close with Virginia Tech knowing that they run a niche option offense out of the shotgun, which is something you can prepare for. If you know that they, uh, it's not like they're, I don't want to use the word limited, but they're not diverse with their offensive play calling. So if you have that whole week to prepare for somebody that runs the same type of offense the whole way down the field, and you play tight with them the whole game, that means that they are incredibly efficient with that offense. So I guess Furman is kind of that unstoppable force where they just have that that one key that they just have pressed and pressed and pressed, and now now it's working. 
yeah, it continues to work for them. Uh, look, I'm, I'm just not a whole fan of things getting overly complicated. Like you said, keep it as simple. If people are beating people, that should be what be, should be taken into context. You shouldn't be like, well, this team beat this team that beat this team. Well, so then that makes them their their higher. Right. Like we're just getting too cute with it. And I think a lot of the the, the, you know, the some of the stats voters I think do that. I think uh, the coaches poll I don't even put any thought to because the coaches poll always favors programs that have success, like previous success. Like if they're well known, like a UNH. This is a perfect yeah, example. Of that's this, true. Where we're favoring a team that is a very good program. One missed playoff appearance in 13 years. Yeah, and they had a down year last year, and then this year yeah. they're kind of climbing their way back. I do not think that they're a top-10 team. It just does not make any firm sense to me. They need one more win, I think. One more win against a quality opponent. They're going up against JMU this week. That's a that's a tough that, – if they beat them, easily qualify. Oh, yeah. 10. But that's a tough, tough one to stay in the top-10 if you lose to JMU. For me, it's just another loss if, at the end of the day. If they – aren't at least within one score of this game, they need to be completely eliminated from the top ten. Mm. If they're still in anything, and, and if you try to pull the whole argument, like, oh, that was just JMU that they lost to. Well, you're it's, a top ten team. You should, you should be able to beat right. them if you're that good of a team. Right. So if, if Lehigh beat Duke in the NCAA. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah, I, I again, I, I, they better be within a touchdown. Otherwise, it, it, it's it really means, yeah, it means nothing to me. I, I'm pulling for him. I would like to see an upset. I'm always a fan of an upset, but still, I don't have much faith in them to do that. I mean, they got a great storyline this year with the interim coach stepping in. Um, it, it's a, I had no problems with UNH. You know, they they're a, a fun. They're not necessarily a fun team, knowing that they throw it down the field, but they're also kind of just an athletic underdog on the field. When you go out and you see UNH versus JMU, it's going to look like two completely different, like almost levels of the athletic freaks that JMU has, and then UNH's team which isn't full of athletic freaks, but good football players. So it's a team that you can really root for if you like football. I just think that Monmouth probably deserves the number 10 spot, in my opinion. I, I guess maybe the CAA influence might have something to do with that. Yeah. But still, you beat the one seat in the Big South. That's that's probably going to help you out. Big South or Southeast? No, Big South. Okay. Got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, also... I don't, we don't think that we'd be doing our due diligence if we didn't note um, the game before we get to the UU games of the week here. Uh, Princeton and Dartmouth are going at it, seven and zero versus seven zero. Probably going to take the uh, the top of the Ivies here, uh, depending on how this game shapes out. Big game that we would like to keep our eyes on. We're going to pick it later on in FC estimates, but we would just like to give a note saying, hey, this is a game that you could tune into and you'd probably be very enterta- entertained. Princeton is a dominant Ivy League team, and so is Dartmouth. So it's probably going to be a slugfest the whole the whole game. Keep an eye out on it. Uh, it would probably be the runner-up here for the UU Games of the Week, but we only do two each week. They would be three if we did three. That being said, Joe, let's get right into it here. First game on the UU Games of the Week here, Illinois State versus South Dakota State here. It is a big, big matchup in South Dakota. We're going to start with Illinois State's keys to victory. I'll let you lead it off because it looks like you finally did some homework here. Oh, don't you give it's me just a- the whole bit of who did homework <laughs> and who did not do homework. <laughs> Screw off. <laughs> so my key to victory here for Illinois State is I, I, it pains me so much that they cannot beat a ranked opponent. Yeah. Every time that we put them in one of these games – and it made me almost question why you picked this as one of the games, that if they can actually win, if they can come out come out with a victory, and they just continually 
fail in primetime key matchups that they need to win in their division. So uh, I, I think that Keaton Heidi is probably going to be starting this game. I, I haven't really seen any confirmation that Jabor Gibbs is going to be starting. Um, that might change, but it still looks like he he's not returned from his injury since playing against North Dakota State. I, I, I think that you just need to continue to, to rely on the stud running back that you have, which is Pierre Strong Jr., this stat that I pulled up puts this fully into perspective on, on how I don't think that Heidi is really meant to lead this offense. Last week, Heidi, 130, uh, 173 yards, 11 for 19, one touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Average to below average stat line, That's not fine. throwing that many passes. Doable. Pierre Strong, these are passing numbers, 108 <laughs> yards, one touchdown. So he, <laughs> with two passes... I didn't see the throws. I want to go back and look at them, and I almost thought that it was a statistical error, but <laughs> they almost were able to to get as much offense from Pierre Strong, your best offensive player, throwing the ball as your starting quarterback was. So I, I think that if, if you try to put too much in the hand of Heidi, things are just not going to work out for you. Keep going with Pierre Strong. I'm not I'm not advocating for more halfback passes here, right. but uh, you know, 25 carries, 30 carries, just do what works. Run him to the ground. That's really all you need to do. I, <laughs> it sounds extreme, but run him to the ground. He's the be- he's one of the best running backs in the country. Yeah, I agree. For me, actually, Illinois State here. I think they need to really be heavy on play action this week. South Dakota State's defense is really fast. Wait and- a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Mm. I completely, I completely botched the hell out of that. Did you just give? I your was just South giving Dakota my State? South Dakota State key. Ah, okay. Then uh, we were just gonna flip this yeah, around to, here. That's my fault. My South Dakota State key to victory here. Doing it on the fly. The linebacking core for South Dakota State and the Jackrabbits here. Rose, Bo- Rose Boom, Backhouse, and Wilson have a compl- combined 187 tackles on the year. I think that they are the best linebacking core in the FCS. They fly around. They are not scared to to lower the shoulder. They fit the holes really well. They are an integral unit. Did I say that right? Yes. Integral or integral? It, integral. Important. <laughs> they are very important to this defense. Uh, I think Roseboom, some of this, definitely going to go on to the next level. It reminds me a lot of Leighton Vander Esch. But this defense and these linebackers are going to be the key to victory for South Dakota State and how well they can lock up a Mr. James Robinson. Now, Joe, your Illinois State God, that was a major botch (laughs) on my part. My Illinois State key to victory, I think, is that you need to find some offensive consistency because it seems like every time that they have a bad game, Brady Davis struggles a lot. Last week, they had 10 points. Davis had 135 yards passing and three picks. James Robinson couldn't run the ball because they know that if they attack James Robinson and choke them out, opposing teams, they know that if they do this, Brady Davis cannot take over a football game. So I I think that you just need to establish some consistency. I think like the point that you alluded to and that you're going to talk to is trying to use some play action, try to create those opportunities for him. Make things easy. Get some guys in space. Try to get James Robinson in space because he is athletic enough to do that. If you try to rely on Davis doing his own thing, it's just not going to work. I agree. I think play action is a big deal because these linebackers from South Dakota State are so aggressive that Illinois State, if you can find a way to get them off balance or somehow out of their lanes, 
Uh, I don't think they rock back that much. I think they're pretty, they, they st- stand strong in the gaps that they're assigned. But if you can find a way to get them moving before they drop back in pass coverage, which they are, which they're good at covering passes. If you can get them to bite on the run just a little, find a way to get creative with the play action, run naked, run long developing play actions with seven protectors, do something, find a way to get these linebackers less involved in the defense. Now, Joe, we do have a CAA matchup here uh, for our keys to victory that we will be covering. Richmond and Villanova. Now, this one's interesting because Richmond is not ranked, and we normally like to choose ranked matchups for the games of the week, uh, but UNH and JMU was kind of the only other one, and that's a, a lot of disparity between the two teams between uh, being 2-23. and 23. So with Richmond and Villanova, Richmond right now is kind of vying for this playoff spot or a, a, a ranking all, uh, in a sense here uh, versus Villanova, and Villanova's kind of going on a skid in this last three weeks, so it's a, a really interesting matchup here. Uh, Joe, your key to victory, we'll start with Richmond. Yeah, this time I'm going to read the <laughs> the correct one and not mix the two up. I, I think playing fundamentally sound on defense for Richmond is very, very important. They're very good at running the ball and doing it in a number of different ways. Daniel Smith is one of the key contributors uh, as a rusher right now for them. He's fourth on the team with 244 rushing yards. Obviously, you don't have Justin Covington who went down with a season-ending injury, but DeWill uh, Barley has performed well, 433 rush yards. They're also a team that is willing to use those gadget plays, those weird things. Hell, they threw a damn pass to Daniel Smith, a screen pass to him, and he was able to get a, a touchdown on it, if I'm correct, if, yep. I, if I recall correctly. You need to play sound defensively. You can't get washed out. You can't get caught leaning because you're selling out to stop one play and they fake you out with another. They have a very good defensive line. I think if you can contain Daniel Smith, that's going to be very important. Maurice Jackson and also Kobe Turner, two very, very good defensive linemen, both have over 10 tackles for loss and over five sacks. So relentless pass rush, getting into the backfield, making plays on the quarterback, on Daniel Smith, is going to be what it takes. For me, Richmond quarterback Joe Mancuso. His play is key in this game, and he has to stay composed. Every time that Villanova has lost, their quarterback has stayed compo- composed through all four quarters, and that's hard to do versus a Villanova defense that flies around and likes to get the get bodies on the quarterback. So if he can stay in the game mentally, because he can do it physically. I mean, he's a he's hard to take down. He is a, a big quarterback. He's not a, a runner. He can run, uh, and he'll truck somebody, but he's primarily a pocket passer. So if he can stay composed and not get phased by all of the, the moving bodies uh, going fast all around him, then I think that he could really make an impact for the game and possibly pick apart Villanova. Now, Joe, on the contrary here, it looks like you are contradicting me. Yeah. Villanova's I, key to victory. It's not contradicting. I think it's oh. it's the converse of what you're saying. Oh. It's the back end of what you're saying of what Villanova needs to approach Mancuso because ah. I, I'm looking at him trying to evaluate this team and Mancuso is all of their offense. He's their biggest playmaker. He currently leads the team in rush yards with 499. Obviously, he leads the team in pass yards. He's more mobile than he is really a pocket passer because of how many yards he's able to pick up on the ground. And he's also he's not passer. very consistent. Definitely in a pocket passer. What? He's definitely a pocket passer. He's you think a pocket make, passer in the run. 
Daniel Smith is primarily a pocket passer also. The, okay, the point that I, when I say that he's not really a pocket passer, I'm saying that he gains significantly. He doesn't gain more yards on the ground than he does through the air, but the, the thing that I'm getting at is that he's a better runner than he is a passer. Would you agree with me on that? I, I think the contrary, actually. He's, he's thrown 10 touchdowns and 6 interceptions, and I'm he's only throwing you. for 170 yards a game. He's rushing for uh, almost sixty yards a game. I'm telling you, I saw him watch. I, I watched him pick apart Towson. He so has a good arm. I'm all not I, saying, I'm he, saying most is I saw him starting pick apart quarterbacks Towson. have good arms, but I'm saying his biggest asset is his ability to run and his ability to escape the pocket if no available opportunities are there. I mean, he doesn't have much around him. If we're being fair, I again, if, he, if he doesn't have another running back to set up the run, yeah. don't you think they don't have? They don't really have a good running back stable, but they have two very good receivers in Keaston Fuller and Charlie Fessler, two graduate student players at the receiver position I think that if, if you come out in and press and you come out and man you try to man those guys up graduate and student. what graduate student they're graduate uh they're listed as graduate players okay. so there's fifth year seniors they're helping get like the footballs on the field too I hate like, you like Jordan, <laughs> stop interrupting like me a coaster sorry continue <laughs> and that's not coaster he's kind uh, of <laughs> um, I think if you press them and if you try to disrupt their route timing Villanova has proven that they have a good defensive line. If you disrupt that route timing, it can slow things down. It can cause Mancuso to hold the ball a little bit too long. That's how you create sacks. That's how you create turnovers. That's how you try to almost – I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it. That, that That's essentially how you're going to force Mancuso to lose the game for them. Fine. I think it's differently. I think you have to alternate your safety looks – to force Mancuso to possibly lose the game if you're going to go down that route as the key to victory for Villanova. I think your safeties are definitely athletic enough to mix it up and fit the run. So don't show the same thing twice in a row, or else he, I think, is a good enough passer where he can recognize that you're doing the same thing twice in a row, and then he'll pick you up. Are you completely adverse to running man and coming out and, and trying to press at the line of scrimmage? Are I'm you not. against that? No, I'm not against okay. it. I'm just saying I think he's going to read those safeties because – in college football, a DB, an NFL DB is hard to find. So a lot of the DBs find themselves getting bailed out by the safeties uh, coming over top. So if you can mix that up and possibly confuse the quarterback, then you have a better shot running man. But you can't just run man too deep or else they're going to pick you apart on the inside with slants. Understandable. Okay, thank you. Gosh. All right, <laughs> we got two upset watches for this week. And because we spent a little bit of time talking about the Recent top 10, we're just going to tell you about them, maybe keep an eye on them. Uh, those are Eastern Kentucky over Southeast Missouri State and UNH over JMU. Keep your eyes peeled for that one. I think we get at least one. At least one of at these we're going to get here. Okay. I, think, I think we're getting at least one of these games. They're pretty primed, especially the Eastern Kentucky one. Not a huge fan of Southeast Missouri State, and I, I think that they're a prime candidate to get upset. All right, let's get this next segment over with, Joe. Just get it so over. now we have your favorite FCS football game show, FC Estimates. I'm your host, Joe DeLeon, joined by my wonderful assistant, Mr. Uh, Sean Vanna Anderson. And we are going to be doing like we do every single week, which is picking college football games in the FCS. And then, after the fact, we're going to be keeping track and tallying who is doing the best, including the fans who have been contributing and doing it with us. So to recap how things looked last week, Sean is already, if you can see on the live stream, he's already pouting because he knows he did bad. First game, <laughs> Weber State, Sac State, Joe 1, Sean 0. Northern Iowa, Illinois State, 
I got this one wrong, and so did Sean. 0 for 2, 1 for 2 for Joe. Delaware Towson, we both got this right. Towson getting the victory. 1 for 3 for Sean. First pick right. 2 for 3 for Joe. Jacksonville State UT Martin, uh, I got this one right as well. Sean, again, continues to fail. 1 for 4, 3 for 4 for Joe. Stony Brook, Richmond. Sean, 1 for 5. Uh, I also got this wrong. 3 for 5 for Joe. Sean, what is this quote that you put in here? I was recorded saying I think they're going to eat up the freshman. <laughs> and that didn't happen? No. Joe Mancuso is also not a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know what's the worst botch. Me giving the wrong key me, to victory. Someone giving the wrong key to victory or, or misquoting the... <laughs> I, I was fed false information. Uh, you looking at me? No, not you. I'm just... I don't know. What, Sorry. your own... I, I think I saw some highlights and they said that he was a freshman. Oh, I got, I got okay. messed up. Dartmouth, Harvard, Sean, two for six. Got that one right. I got it right for also four for six. Southern Illinois, Indiana State, three for seven, five for seven for Joe because I picked Southern Illinois and so did Sean. Eastern Kentucky, Austin P. Sean continues to pick against Austin P. I continue to pick for them, six for eight, three for eight for Sean. Alabama A&M, Southern. Sean is yet again wrong, and so am I. So that leaves it at three for nine for Sean, six for nine for Joe. Sean, why don't you read the weekly averages, and then we'll get to the fan vote. Fine. Weekly averages, I was at 33%. Joe won this week. He was at 66%. Your energy's a lot different. I just, <laughs> a lot different. I'm t- the Anderson faithful, I'm coming back strong you next week. You have no faithful. An- <laughs> I'm everyone, coming back strong next week. Actively- I'm getting them right. I am confident in this week's selection of picks and the selections of the games. I'm coming for people them. are rooting against you, and people are actively trying to see if they can beat you. <laughs> they're they're rooting against because they think they can do better, and they yeah. thought they could do better than you the last. Uh, everyone three knows weeks, they okay? can't touch you my have, score. We have one good week. I had the highest score ever recorded in FCS Miz last week, and this this week's just a little. It fl- doesn't matter when you go like I, one for ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my my Call of Duty. Do we want? <laughs> <laughs> <Do> we, <laughs> All right, give me the weekly averages and the uh, or the season uh, the averages. Season averages. I am sitting at 43 for 89. I dropped down two from a clean 50 to 48%. (laughs) Joe is sitting at 55 for 89, 62%. The goal is 65. I think that's a good percentage to finish the season with. I think a goal for you is 40. I that's the I that really, is the goal. If you finish with forty, you went on your hot run. We turn the done. stream off and then we we'll pause the episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get right back it out and then we <laughs> put it back on. I have a black eye. Forty. <laughs> uh, I I think a reasonable goal for you is is fifty one percent, Sean. Though <laughs> I think reasonable is a hundred. <laughs> you're walking it. You're walking it back. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a look at the fan vote. Um, Here we go. <laughs> this one was interesting this week. So um, I need to open with saying, uh, I'm I'm watching you, Nick Masseroni and Sean Blythe. <laughs> Because uh, I know you two know each other. You think they're in cahoots? Uh, I don't think there's anything bad happening. I don't think anything's wrong because I know they're good people. Nothing's afoot? They, they've been very good uh, good listeners. No treachery? But uh, I, I, I'm going to be very keen on watching them because uh, Nick had a pretty big bounce back. Oh, yeah? <laughs> this week going 77% and then uh, Sean Blythe, 66%. So let's, uh, let's, let's hope that there was no... Uh, there was no... Um, Foul play on uh, a foot. I would hope so. Also, <laughs> you, you check the timestamps. It's all good there. Oh, I completely forgot about doing that. Okay, check those timestamps. Yeah, the timestamps completely check out. That was uh, okay. It was on Friday. 
No, I was just giving you guys a hard time, though. Right. It, was, it was completely necessary. So our bottom feeder, so Nick ends up winning the week. <laughs> Made sure to put it in red so we could see it. All right. The the bottom feeder, <laughs> this is so funny. For some reason, our, our signal caller quarterback at the University of Rhode Island, Chad Dines. <laughs> I think he's a listener. Not entirely sure. At least he saw the link and he wanted to vote. 33%. <laughs> I forget, was that worse than uh, uh, the, the worst score last week? Uh, Kwame. Was I, 25, right? Well, we were, at, we were at 10 last week, so Kwame might have gotten like 4 out of 10. Wait, right? let, me, let me see if I can... Okay, uh, go ahead and see if you can find that. I'd like know. to see who does worse, who has the worst score for the entire season out of the listeners. I know we're starting a little yeah, late. Yeah, and we're also not, but, um, we're not tallying season averages. We're trying to do it off of... Yeah, wait, here's week nine. Um, I think Kwame was four for ten. E- what are we doing? I'm trying to, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, <laughs> <laughs> I am trying to, yeah, he was four for ten. So we have a new worst, right, a new low, bottom feeding low, Mr. Chad Dines. You think uh, with all that signal calling and play calling you're doing, you'd know something about football. I guess you don't, Chad. Uh, but also a big pat on the bat for um, pat on the back. Pat on the back for Kwame, who had a a bounce back week, fifty five percent. So out of way, out of way, Kwame. Did we have an Illinois State game in here? I think that might have been what killed him because he probably picked <laughs> <laughs> probably picked <laughs> Illinois State. I don't think we did. Oh no, we did. Who did he? Who did he? he uh, probably picked Northern Iowa. Or he should have. No, he picked Illinois State. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what a homer! <laughs> All right. Get, you can't get caught leaning, you know. Right. You gotta... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to pick our games right now. Illinois State, South Dakota State. South Dakota State. South Dakota State. Richmond for, for Joe. Villanova, Richmond. Richmond, Villanova. Same difference. I'm taking Richmond. Ooh, okay. Villanova for Joe. Towson, Stony Brook. Hmm. You pick this one first. No. Yeah, pick it first. Fine. Towson for Joe. Stony Brook. Princeton, Dartmouth in the battle of the seven and O's. Everybody's whining and moaning to me on Twitter about Princeton, so I guess I'll take them here. I'm taking Princeton. Damn, why are you? You went against. Uh, yeah, I know. You went against your uh, your pick. Your, I know your favorite Ivy team. I got gotcha. you. I know what I'm I did. I'm going with Princeton. Houston Baptist Nichols. I'll take Nichols by a hair. <laughs> my hair, <laughs> not by scent. <laughs> no, oh, hey, hey oh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna take Nichols too. UC <laughs> Davis, I'm cashing in on Nichols. UC Davis, Portland State. There needs to be more money jokes when it comes to them. But uh, UC Davis, Portland State. Oh, don't give me that that damn look. You gonna pick? <laughs> Who do you think I'm gonna pick here? I'm <laughs> not UC Davis. Hey, Portland State, give them to I'm, me. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna do it too. It works for us. Portland State, <laughs> Kennesaw State, Campbell. Campbell, and I'm only picking Campbell for the for the sanity of Sean Blythe and Nick Masseroni. <laughs> I'm not putting any faith in Kennesaw State. I'm choosing Campbell. So if you didn't see on Twitter, uh, Nick Masseroni politely asked Sean to stop picking Kennesaw State because <laughs> every time he picks them, they lose. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick uh, Kennesaw State. Maine, Elon. I'll take Maine. Uh, give me Elon. We have two more. Oh, Tennessee. Oh, my God. I, I forgot. I <laughs> Tennessee Martin, UT Martin, Austin P. UT Martin for the win. Austin P. Every time I pick I, Austin P. and you pick against him, I get it right. I'm pretty sure I have. 
San Diego Stetson. I'll take San Diego. Give me uh, yeah, give me some San Diego. All right, and now we uh, will wrap that up here. Finishing up the show here with Kwame's corner. Um, First question is from Kwame. Okay, Kwame, in a response to the top ten that was released by the FCS, UNH, question mark, howinthehell.com. All right, yeah, we kind of had the, the same. Not the, the dot com wasn't in there, but I added it. Oh, out. how in the hell. But he yeah. found a way to hyperlink it. Yeah, it, uh, in the tweet, <laughs> which I have not figured out how to do. I don't know how to. Well, do. no. If you if you put enough dots in it, Twitter reads it as if you put enough periods, Twitter reads it as a as a link. Oh, really? So that was why, and I thought that was kind of funny that he wasn't <laughs> going for that. I, I can tell he wasn't going for that because there's no it doesn't link it to anything uh, because of all the dots. It, it just it made it a hyperlink. Interesting. Yeah. So we addressed that. We completely agree. We don't know how the heck it happened. Well, I can assume, but yeah. that's fine. Yeah. It also is more mind-boggling because it's only going to be for a week because they're going to lose to JMU. They're mm. not going to beat JMU. Hot take. Exactly. It's not a hot take. They're not going to beat JMU, so it's not going to be hot for very take. long. Are you disagreeing with me? I don't know. You don't know I think they got a shot. Yeah, you don't know anything. Nick Masseroni, oh, wow. the uh, facilitator of the fan questions. Oh, oh I'm I forgot sorry. to thank is him. Is this the Thursday Kwame's Corner or is this the Tuesday Kwame's Corner? Oh, go Corner? ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to thank him. Okay. I just want to say we forgot to thank him at the beginning. Thank you again, Nick, for pulling all the votes and putting them together. Yes. Thank you, Nick. Weaver State at number three is well-deserved. However, I think that this team has a very good argument via their strength of schedule to sit at number two come November 24th. Do you see that committee having JMU any lower than top two if both the Dukes and Wildcats went out? Um... No. The thing is, though, is, is West Virginia played JMU, and they played them very close. Yeah, so, they only had 34 rushing yards against them. If we're going off of a statistical strength of schedule, I get it. If you want to be really nitpicky on that, I think they're going to keep JMU. If JMU's undefeated, they're going to keep him at two. If anything, I'd argue that JMU and Weaver State have had harder schedules than uh, North Dakota State has. Because North Dakota State's playing a lot of really good teams, don't get me wrong. But they don't. they didn't have an FBS team scheduled this year. Uh, that's true, but they did play a lot of top FCS play, yeah. FCS teams. They played Delaware, they played Northern Illinois, they played South Dakota State as always. You know, it's pretty tough. I'll give it pretty tough. But yeah, JMU is not moving from number two. They're just not. Weber State could score seventy for the rest of the games for the rest of the year, and they're not going to move away. They're not going to move JMU off of number two. Yeah, they didn't play any FBS teams. Who would want to play them? Yeah, ex- exactly. Nobody wants to play them. Yeah, no one it, wants to pay. It's North a trap game. State. To come in and beat you and make you look silly. Yes. But the problem is is that there's more stock being being put into North Dakota State because they played a bunch of teams that were ranked at the time and then knocked them off of their track. So UC Davis, Delaware, Illinois State, Northern Iowa, and they manhandled all these teams, South Dakota State. So I think that's a little bit of of what what stock's being put into it. Stop giving me that look. You're on camera. I was no no look given. (laughs) All right. All right. There you go, Nick. Uh, JMU's not moving. They're just not. All right, wrap us up. All right. Uh, thank you to, for listening to the Thursday show on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, we appreciate you listening. As always, reach out to Joe and I on Twitter. Uh, my handle is SeanAnderson65. And also follow Believe Podcasts on Twitter at Believe Podcasts. Uh, as always, you can find us anywhere you listen to a podcast. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Play. We're not Play. on SoundCloud. We're not on SoundCloud? No, because SoundCloud's a hosting site. Ah. 
but we are on Google Play. Okay, so as always, follow me on Twitter, Sean Anderson sixty five, and Believe Podcast at Believe Podcast. And Joe at Joe Dillion. Oh, my bad, Joe. Uh, <laughs> feel free to reach out. Feel free to uh, like and give us a rating or a review. One star, five star. Yell at us, praise us. Doesn't matter. Feel don't. free to continue arguing with Sean on Twitter. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll find a way to instigate some stuff once I see these ballots. Being You're doing out. really good at it. I I haven't instigated anything. Thankfully, but I you're need doing to your get a ballot for myself. That's what I need. I need to have my own ballot, and you need to have your own ballot. Yeah, I don't know how and we got to go. I don't, I, obviously, we're not going to get a ballot right now, but maybe when the season there ends, are just make a push for it. just people. Craig Haley, if you're listening, please help us. Yeah, help us out. All right. Good show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.